I love my little girls more than anything, and I said to myself, oh, no, don't, you can't, don't say that. But I had underestimated him. He went on, I would rather see my little girls die now, still believing in God, than have them grow up under communism and one day die no my name is James Carey. Uh, this is the first video, um, I guess, supplemental to the Left is Dead podcast with myself and my co-host, Jake Anderson. Uh, we just decided to do a little pop-in tonight and talk about some of the insanity in the news lately. So I, I guess we should start where everybody's eyes are, which is the election. So why don't we go over, well, let's start with like the craziest things happening. Today, we had Michael Flynn, right? So what, what's your thought, what are your thoughts on Flynn and what he did in the first place? Real quick. Well, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that Trump is pardoning him, uh, especially given that Flynn is definitely going to be one of the torchbearers of the MAGA movement. So that's not surprising at all. However, as far as his original crime, I think it's uh, pretty pretty well established that he did commit perjury uh, and, 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 and whatnot. Um, the argument is that there was no underlying crime to begin with, but that's not established. And furthermore, that's not important when establishing a crime. Um, I, I think Michael Flynn is a, a criminal, I, I think, and I also think he is fascistic in nature and i think he's a, a dangerous person well, he's like a QAnon guy he's a QAnon guy and for well, no other well, reason yeah. that i think he is one of these people that is go like i said he, i think he's going to carry the torch of the MAGA movement he's he's tweeted QAnon hashtags before he's clearly a part of the movement he's he one of the, the oath he's he's took the he took that the fucking oath and yeah, he's a digital soldier, and I think he is a radicalizing figure. And uh, it doesn't surprise me that he was pardoned, but um, yeah, it, it's problematic in my opinion. Yeah, he really, even over the last few years, he's been mostly embedded with the Q crowd, but even the normal MAGA people still seem to like really love him. And like the alt-light people still love him, like Cernovich and stuff like that. You know, he uh, went out and hucked that bullshit garbage book, what Gorilla Mindset for Cernovich when that came out. I thought he was funny in 2016 when it came out that like he had a plan to kidnap Fatula Gulen and return him to Turkey with his son. But um, as far as like going into the, you know, speaking to the Russians during the transition or whatever, I feel that was a pretty normal operation for any any president you know, with the, any cabinet member would have done that, I think. And I think, I'm sure it's happened before. And yeah, I guess you got him. He did commit perjury. That is a crime. But also, how, how often do people lie to the FBI, especially like federal officials? Probably a lot. But if you get caught doing it and they prosecute you and, and you're charged and you're sentenced, you should probably do the time. Did he do any jail time? Um, he was sentenced. I don't know how much time. I don't know how much if any time he did. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I don't really give that much of a shit about Michael Flynn. Uh, 
in so far as he uh, is is connected with the Q movement. And um, it's so ironic to me that that this this fringe movement that I became obsessed with a couple of years ago, a few years ago. Uh, yeah. And I think a lot of my friends thought I was being facetious or thought maybe I was um, finding some pet project to obsess over that wasn't that important. It turns out this Q movement is very much intertwined with MAGA. And in fact, maybe one of the most important parts of MAGA and will probably the, be the final remnants of MAGA uh, possibly decades from now. I mean, these people are not going to go away. But mm -hmm. I mean, we can get more into the, the QAnon stuff. Well, no. But I, I, I can't view Flynn in, in any <clears throat> other context except for that. Let's you know, touch like, on it a bit here because I want to say you're right. Uh, a lot of people seem to think that after Pizzagate, right, after the shooting at Comet Ping Pong and stuff like that, this was gone. You know, it wasn't an issue. And then Q popped up and like, yeah, it was 4chan and then 8chan and then, you know, the dark web, they had to go to 8kun. Um, but the thing about it is, is it's not those people specifically, but how far it spread in the mainstream culture, especially like the Wayfair scandal, the Save Our Children stuff and everything like that. To a point that now you're seeing the Q people actually accuse Tucker of being like a globalist pedophile. You know, and I think we've talked about this on our episodes, but that's the new party. It's the anti-pedophile demon worshiper party. And then there's two other right-wing parties. There's the Democrats and there's the Republicans. Right, and yeah. Uh, the GOP yeah. We literally, to, We literally don't have an actual left-wing party in America. No, and the GOP wants to detach from these Q people. That's why they're hanging Trump out to dry, but where do they go? Because like you said, they're not going away. They're the ones still giving money to Trump now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I, I think moving forward, I mean, I, I, I don't think that there's going to be almost any differentiation between uh, MAGA and QAnon. I mean, I think they're like I said, I think they're going to be the final remnant. But um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, what, what was your question again? I don't even remember. But no, I think I just want, I think that <laughs> you're seeing, well, I don't know where this split goes. You know what I mean? Because they don't have an actual like MAGA party. It's still their Republicans still. But you're right. Um, all the conspiracies that even like more normie MAGA people believe are like based in some QAnon lore to some extent, a lot of the time. So I right. mean, the well, Republican parties to me, that's the, the biggest irony of, for example, uh, even though I do have some residual, a little bit of residual respect for some aspects of the Lincoln project, not much, I mostly hate them. No, 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 trust me. I, I don't like them, uh, uh, but, and, and the main reason I don't like them is because they are the progenitors of most of this ideology. Um, for example, Steve Schmidt, who was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, pushing, uh, was one of the major Bush figures, and he's literally the person who is responsible for John McCain picking Sarah McCain as the vice presidential candidate. I mean, like that—that that was his legacy. But but now he's anti-Trump. But it's there's an irony in that. Look. 
there's a, there's I think there's an ideological evolution that goes on, um, and we've been seeing this now. I'm hearing an echo of myself for some reason. Just keep going. All right. The uh, conservative movement has been, you know, essentially birthing these ideas, these uh, xenophobic ideas, uh, for decades. And there is an evolution to them. And Trump was at the tail end of that evolution. So to me, it's, it's, it's incredibly ironic that you have establishment Republican uh, uh, blowback to it when they're the ones who created this monster in the first place. And to a certain extent, uh, like you said, uh, the Democratic Party is essentially a center-right party. Um, so in many ways, they're part of it too. And so we, we don't really have an oppositional party in this country, or at least an oppositional party with, with, with power. We, we do not have a, any kind of powerful blowback to these, these parties right now. And, and to me, that's why you know, we're doing this podcast is because the left is dead in, in, this, in this country, at least. We do not have a strong left-wing movement in this country. Bernie Sanders is the only reason why people even fucking know what true left-wing politics is in this country. Yeah, that's the issue is it seems as if, you know, uh, that was our off-ramp and there's no real working class organizing. The unions aren't what they were. Some of them have gotten more militant, especially public sector ones. But we're seeing a lot of, you know, there is a lack of like this left wing movement. And obviously Biden has frozen any like left wing people out of his cabinet. It's all defense contractors. Well, it's not over yet. He's still naming people. But yeah, the early the early indications are that he is going to go for the uh, neoliberal establishment that was established under under Obama. And yeah, it's problematic. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, it's it's possible for some of these people to be blocked and particularly if yeah i don't know what's going to happen dude but it's it's a grim situation right now i mean yeah. but it would be it'd be a lot more grim it could be more grim so i don't know what else to say about that i think you know that's probably let's um yeah, we got, i think we got a little off topic uh, no let's go into it kind of does flow into our next topic because i'm gonna have us get into the election next about you know the latest recounts and everything like that so okay. hang on one second though all right so yeah um going from the q and it's where it, q is at right now obviously is only concerning themselves with electoral politics, right? They've suddenly become an electoral movement despite claiming not to be for a long time. Um, where are we at right now? Well, let's start with, I guess, Pennsylvania. Right, well, that that's, we should actually end with, with Pennsylvania okay. because- Start where you want then. Pennsylvania is actually new in the news today, but uh, well, essentially where we are with, with, with I mean, with any reasonable assessment of the election, it's over. Uh, the states are certifying, all of the critical states are certifying. 
and uh, Biden is going to win handily. Uh, federal, what, I mean, federal judges Trump appointed are knocking right. down these cases. Yeah, no, no. Federalist society judges are, are <laughs> knocking down these things and, and they're doing it with prejudice. They're, they're, which means when they, when they throw them out with prejudice, that means the cases are so weak that they don't even want these cases to be able to be relitigated. They're right. they're literally throwing them out. Yeah, they won't. And that again. and that and that's what's happening right now. And it, it it's over. But obviously, as as we've been over many times, there is this kind of alternate universe, conspiratorial world in the QAnon world, where they believe that. I mean, in many ways, it's hard to assess this without discussing psychology because there is definitely some major delusional pathological elements going on with this but um, a lot of these QAnon people think that it's not over yet they think that California's um, red my friend they, they, they think that Trump they, they think this was part of the plan essentially yeah it was QAnon the setup. People, they, they talk about a plan and they they view this as uh, a per, basically almost like a setup that Trump set them up to steal the election <laughs> so that he could catch them in fraud. Yeah, that's a good um, idea. So you have an account called Art of War that says it's so it shows a meme of uh, Bill, uh, William Barr or Bill Barr, BB. Bill Burr. And he says the reason you're not seeing BB is because he's behind the scenes directing the prosecution of the deep state. I guarantee you, watch what happens. He's reviewing the evidence that the U.S. military has collected of masser voter fraud. This was a retweet of a major QAnon figure named Major Patriot. Um, and probably one of the saddest ones. Well, I'll get back to Terrence K. Williams. But um, yeah, it's hard to even know where to start with, with some of these retweets i i look at them every day and it gets harder and harder to parse um what it's getting harder to parse what is a grift and what is a genuine sentiment it's getting harder to see like who is grifting and who is actually just having like a slow moving meltdown but one of the major QAnon figures was someone named uh joe 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 M, right? Yeah. Now he now he was kicked off of Twitter. He changed his name a bunch of times. Right. Now, he's, now he's just on Parlor, right? Right. And I know he always deactivated and stuff when bands were coming and shit like that too. You know. Right. He's probably one of the biggest, most influential, at least certainly one of the most militant Q people. Um, so yeah. He, he posted on Parlor recently. Friends, we've spent a long time waiting for a storm. For four years, we heard the approaching thunder and saw flashes across the night sky, but it was always further away than we anticipated. This time, there is a deadline. Inauguration dates are not subjective. Predictions that could be wrong. The world is about to be rocked when it discovers patriots never had any intention of handing <laughs> our country over to traitors and foreign enemies. When the fake news panic starting to set in as they realize this is happening for real and with there being zero doubt 
in victory. Patriots always knew was coming. Now really is the time to buckle your seatbelt and get ready to see the liberal meltdown of the century. Tick tock. Can I say something? I gotta say, this is the stupidest shit I have ever heard. Because let me tell you, the fact that these people now, like I said, they've like turned on Tucker, for Christ's sake. Uh, they, uh, they're out there saying like, um, Bibi and Israel are behind a coup. You know, like these are people, it, it, Bibi who Trump like goes over and kisses every six months is suddenly <laughs> behind a deep state coup to take him out. You know, that's insanity to me. Dude, Sidney Powell, do, do, do you know, you know, okay, so Sidney Powell is like the yeah. resident insane lawyer who is, who is basically a QAnon person who is basically the new QAnon hero. Like basically everyone in the QAnon world is now absolutely obsessed with Sidney Powell, who is a woman who is basically a lawyer who is representing uh, Trump and has actually been dispossessed by Trump and the campaign. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. She was, she's out doing the unofficial thing, right? Right, right, right. So they dispossessed her. Yeah. Powell is the new QAnon hero, essentially. Um, and she is the one who infamously said she's going to release the Kraken. And that's like one of the newest QAnon hashtags is release the Kraken. And essentially what this is, is the newest incarnation of the D-class movement, which is they always think that, that Trump is about to declassify all of the information that's gonna finally criminalize the deep state. They've been talking about it for four years. It's never happened. And now, now that he's lost the election, now, now some random lawyer is gonna come in and release the Kraken. And this is when everything is gonna be declassified, right? Now, sure it's already the, the a crime to be a pedophile and child murderer. Trump's campaign, including Giuliani, yeah. Imagine Giuliani dispossessing someone. Giuliani just alienated Sidney Powell from the movement. And the reason is because Sidney Powell gave this press conference where she literally was claiming that not only was Hugo Chavez responsible for creating the software that rigged the election, but that the Republican governor Kemp right. in Georgia took a bribe, <laughs> took a bribe from the deep state to throw this election. So it got so crazy. Like that's when you know a narrative has gone off the rails is when both Trump and Giuliani can't deal with the craziness of the theory anymore. Well, the funny thing is, is that that's a result of their own just dumbass antics because look at the fact that trump has rudy giuliani defending him in the first place shows that like oh yeah dude you have no friends you fucking loser you know <laughs> there's nobody left because you got this old man who shits himself his fucking hair dies bleeding out his fucking teeth are all fucked up he just starts screaming into cameras and shit and you have this asshole and this is like Compare that to the Bush legal team in 2000. Yeah. They were killers. 
Right. And now you have Rudy, who people had a fond image of from like 9-11 because you remember him on America's Mayor on TV at, at Ground Zero, right? You know, that was what we thought of him as all through the Bush years. But now he's out there and you see like what like a scumbag he is. And you realize like, oh, dude, this guy's like a loyalist to Trump because he's a loser. He has nowhere else to go, which is for a lot of that's the same for a lot of people who are still like sticking by Trump. Sure. Most people are sending out resumes. Right. No, these are these are people. Bill Barr essentially got his job because he essentially wrote a piece wrote wrote a legal argument a few years ago about how he believed Watergate was not justified, or he believed uh, Watergate was okay, essentially, and wow. essentially justifying ultimate executive power. And and so that that's how people at that level, that's how they audition for jobs. They write position papers. That was and Nixon's so, argument in itself, though. Sure. Nixon said, if the president does it, it's not illegal. Look, these are extreme extreme right-wing criminals that we're talking about. Rudolph Giuliani is straight up insane. I mean, he 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 is, I mean, he's off the rails, I think, in terms of, of, of just personally his mind, but he is also just a feverish mind. He's another, and, yeah. he's another tragedy of 9-11. If there was no 9-11, he'd be remembered as the mayor who appeared on Seinfeld. Well, he was an ultimate grifter when it comes to 9-11. I mean, he didn't yeah. do any he didn't do anything for New York. He just cashed in on that on that ideological emotional cash that 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 was presented he's, to him he was on at TV. that time. Right. Yeah. He no, he, he, he's That's the it. ultimate grifter, and it makes total sense that he would uh, acclimate himself to the greatest grifter in American polit political history, which is was Trump. I mean, Trump is the greatest con man in history. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Oh, the fact that he's still fundraising millions of dollars yeah. after losing an election. Right. And he's not doing anything with it except for paying Rudy Giuliani. No, he's going to be paying off the $300 million he owes. Thanks. No, it's all campaign <laughs> funds. He, he can't do anything with it except oh, pay his friends. I'm sure he'll figure out a way to diverge those funds. But yeah, look, I mean, look, we're talking about there's almost no way. I mean, I think it's going to take decades to parse out the ultimate criminality that was going on during this this time. And look, are, are they the first corrupt administration in history? Absolutely not. Uh, I think every one, I mean, every every administration has been a part of war crimes. Don't think for a second that we're sitting here saying that Trump is the first corrupt president in history, but I think he is the most abjectly obvious about it that we that we could possibly imagine. I can't imagine a more obvious example of corruption in, in the presidency than, than Trump. And frankly, I'm glad he's was voted out. I, I think it's I, you know, I'm worried about what Biden is going to do. I am, but I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm relieved that Trump is going to be leaving office. I tend to think Biden is more corrupt than Trump, but that's just a topic for another day. Um, but at the same time, now that like the Trump campaign has disavowed the lunatic theories, right? 
they're moving they're still moving to do things like recounts and let's i let's start with my state since you didn't want to start with pennsylvania let's start with Michigan. oh yeah i was going to end with well we'll come back to pennsylvania yeah let's start with my state then so in my state obviously the first controversy broke out when um the certifiers in wayne county a, a county that's never gone red you know it's it's the county that detroit is in it never goes red but these election certifiers in Wayne County refused to certify the results. They said dead people were voting, which I don't think the Democrats are clever enough to do at this point. But um, I mean, it's just a just stupid, lazy argument. I think they were just Trump people who were pissed about losing, to be honest with you. I don't doubt that, you know, I, there, I think there's, just... there's simply no evidence that dead people are dead people's votes are being counted there's just no evidence for it so yeah Look, if you want to present evidence for something that's fine but i'm i'm tired as as a person who aspires to be a journalist i'm tired of arguments that are presented without evidence it's tiresome yeah and that's the thing is like here they've tried you know those elector election certifiers have become a part of the q conspiracy too but um, now we're trying to like, we're holding hearings here in the state, you know, the state capital to try and debate Trump's basis for claiming there was fraud. And apparently, you know, they don't see much. So this seems like a lost cause, but I, the people still insist, obviously, that this was stolen. Well, the, the Trump supporters are always going to claim it was stolen. They, they seem to be ignorant of the fact that half the country is uh, Democrat. Um, but that's okay. Um, we don't, reality is going to be just fine despite their lack of belief in it. Like the universe does not require your belief in it to go on operating, right? Yeah. But in, in, to circle back around to Pennsylvania before I forget, what's happening in, in Pennsylvania is, is Gettysburg. So Trump, uh, Gettysburg is Pennsylvania, right? Yes. Okay, I'm an, I'm an idiot, I'm just making sure. Um, I was pretty sure it was Pennsylvania, but uh, edit that out. Um, anyway, uh, Trump, uh, Trump and Giuliani, or Trump joined Giuliani today in a presentation to some kind of tribunal in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania today to try and prove voter fraud. It was a Zoom call apparently. <laughs> and that's what the QAnon people are all going off about today is that, oh, this was bombshell evidence. This is gonna change everything. And so that's what we're left with here at, I mean, Really, dude, at this point, it's it's more of a, a psychological phenomenon than a political one. But uh, yeah, and then there's Georgia, too, which is now on recount number three. Well, which... and Georgia is actually the closest state. I mean, Georgia is actually like a legitimate state to challenge. It was only, uh, Biden only won it by a couple thousand votes, um, you what know. But what cracks me up the most is that they've hand counted the votes right well first they did they machine counted the votes they got the hand recount and now the third recount puts them back through the same machines that 
Right. I mean, how, how many times are you going to want to see Biden win? I yeah. Mean, do we have point, to have a, like, another hand recount? Like, you know, and look, the, the core <laughs> argument that they're making is actually something that I researched back at 2004, a long time ago. There's an argument being made, not very eloquently, but that uh, back in 2004, when Kerry lost to Bush and he lost in Ohio, right? Right. And it was very close. And there was some weird kind of voting anomalies there. At the time, I became very interested in something called fractional voting. Uh, there's a site called black box voting. And it's this idea that you can siphon off fractions of votes um, algorithmically. Okay. It's, 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 again, not much evidence for it. That's why I ultimately abandoned the theory. But that's what you see a lot of Trump people doing now in less eloquent terms. That, even though that wasn't very eloquent, they're saying that, oh, the machines were rigged to flip votes and whatnot. That the fact of the matter is, like, look, there are people that are hired to look over this stuff. There are people hired to supervise those people. There are people hired to supervise the supervisors. Like, there, there is a lot of forethought that goes into these elections. And look, you got to have extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. At this point, there is simply no evidence for election fraud. There's none. Here is the funniest thing is like these machines that are saying, you know, the hammer and scorecard scandal or whatever, this non-existent kind of thing. But the machines that would be vulnerable to that were all in counties that Trump won. So even their argument that these like machines like flipped votes, they're all in places Trump won. If right. you, the, all, every Pennsylvania district that used the machines that they claim were vulnerable went red. So well, also like they're they're so they're, they're, they're stupid. They're it's stupid we're even talking about this, but they're yeah. alleging voter fraud. But they're saying that they flipped the votes against Trump, but not against the senators, you know? Right, yeah. So, exactly. uh, so essentially there was one aspect of the ballot that they flipped. They just needed And Biden. nothing else, right? Yeah. As soon so as it, Bo- it, all you need is Biden and the 20 year lockdown can commence. And everyone loses <laughs> their jobs and nobody can buy anything. Uh, it's just an illogical argument. Honestly, we should move on. We've, yeah. we've already we've already spent well, too much time on, on that issue. Let's dive into the, the actual reality of what's going on behind the scenes real fast. Trump has obviously conceded the election. The stop the steal shit is a fundraising campaign. You know? Sure. Um at this point, Trump has started sharing everything he needs to with the Biden transition team. They're starting to do the daily intelligence briefings with Biden. Obviously, behind closed doors, Trump is, he knows, he's not, a, he is an idiot, but he's not like stupid, like a, you know, that stupid. He knows he lost the election, especially going into- I don't, I don't even think he's an idiot. I just think he's a sociopath. Yeah. I mean, he's dumb in a certain way. Like he, I don't. He lacks some things like object permanence and stuff. I think, <laughs> but like, yeah, he's not a total moron. Like he knows he lost the election, and he's conceding that behind closed doors, you know. So it, it what it's like, reality isn't, you know, it doesn't 
interlock with what he's saying publicly because obviously he's still screaming about losing well no he he's he's clearly raising money right now i mean there's no doubt about it i mean a lot of people think that he's essentially placating his base and that uh i i think you may have even made this point that basically him and mcconnell have made the estimation that to have the best chance of winning the the two runoff senate seats in georgia they need to have the base mobilized, right? right? The best way to have the base mobilized is to think that the election was stolen. I mean, I, I think that really is the most logical uh, analysis of it at this point. Yeah, and there's definitely no loyalty from like McConnell or anyone like that after that's done because I, the Republican Party wants to get rid of Trump. But oh yeah, let's get off of him. Let's go into Biden, I guess. What has been? Let's talk about what Biden. Right. Well, and that's ultimately what we're probably going to be talking about for the next yeah, couple of years. That's going to be yeah. And and ultimately, I mean, that's what this podcast is about. Is like it was always ideal for us to not have to fucking fight against like white nationalist right wing fascism, but to be able to actually make nuanced arguments against the kind of like faux liberal, like kind of bullshit corporatist system that that is infected the country and actually talk about how we can install left-wing politics or how we can at least start to talk about left-wing politics in this country. Well, yeah, Biden has seemed, you know, you argue that he hasn't finished appointing cabinet members, but I think the people he's appointed so far, and he's talking about Republicans in the cabinet. No, I agree. It's not good. It's not good. As you even conceded, the people who were behind the Lincoln Project, a lot of them, you know, worked for George W. Bush. They were architects of the Iraq War and, you know, died in the wool neocons. These people are suddenly jumping into the Democratic Party. You had John Kasich and Colin Powell speaking at the convention. The Democratic Party has fully become a neoconservative party as far as foreign policy goes. And they all, yeah. they've always agreed on like- It was, it was already economics. that way, man. It was yeah. already that way. Like and this these, is already the case. Yeah. And these neoliberal economics, I mean, this is Reagan. You know, this is still the same economic system that was going on under Ronald Reagan. The Democrats right. have no problem with it. The Republicans have no problem with it. No, and that, and, that, and that point is worth repeating, that the current democratic economic platform is essentially the same as Reaganomics. Well, they call themselves neoliberals, which is a Thatcherite term, you know, and that was the mass privatization of public services in the United Kingdom happened during the 1980s, and the same happened here in the 1980s under Reagan. There was this dual you know, rush to privatization and financialization of the economy that happened in the UK and the US. Those are right wing ideas that have now become the basis of the Democratic Party. And you see now that like everything has to have even public good things for public good have to have all these conditions to them. Obamacare was you have to go on a website and click for hours and find the best plan for you. And now Biden, I mean, um, the Democrats proposed $50,000 in student debt relief. And then Biden already 
decided to negotiate himself down, even though he has nobody to negotiate against right now, and lowered it to 10,000 and says like, oh, and you're also going to have to like fill out some forms and, you know, be from like the right zip code and you have to take like a FAFSA grant for college or something, you know, like these things, like these technicalities, they're just like to make sure the least amount of people receive anything good as they continue to privatize everything else. And it's such, I see. Yeah, no, it's, it's frustrating. I see the, yeah. yeah, the liberal world, they're like the neoliberal, like technocrat world is a horrible, isolated, lonely ass place. That's why we're on webcams right now talking to each other. You know, this is what like this has come to and it's not even just because of the pandemic. The isolation happens before when everyone is overworked and you have side gigs like Uber and stuff, or you're driving Uber for 12 hours a day. You know, you have no time for like political education, political organization. Right. And you're just isolated and alone. You don't, you know, you have no class consciousness because you can't even interact with members of your class. Absolutely. And the Democratic Party is going to kind of perpetuate that, in my opinion. You know, they love privatization. Right. Well, I mean, you you put out a lot on the table there, but like I agree with uh, all of your fundamental points. I mean, I guess the one I'm going to latch on to is that, yeah, I think that one of the reasons we don't have good class consciousness in this country is because we're so like uh, desperately working. Um, a lot of people are forced to stay at their jobs to keep their healthcare plans. Um, a lot of people are forced to keep shitty jobs because they're scared of not being able to get other work. And ultimately, um, that kind of frustration and desperation stops you from being able to really think realistically about uh mobilization consolidation solidarity things like that anything Uh, i mean anything but um i i think essentially what you know as far as biden yeah now biden is not gonna i mean there there's still talk that biden could appoint uh bernie sanders as the labor secretary i don't really know what real effect that would have um It'd be interesting to see. I mean, I I have faith that Bernie, Bernie to me seems like a lifer. I I, I feel like he has a strategy and it might not work, but I think he has a strategy that is exportable to the future. So I I think the movement that Bernie Sanders has set up is a movement that can be replicated and we just need a new figure. We're gonna need a new figure who, look, the idea that marijuana would be decriminalized and legalized across the country would have been unthinkable in 1999, okay? Yeah. It's here now. That's what's gonna happen with healthcare. Well, that's what's gonna happen and that it's gonna happen and the the way these things happen is the corporate world figures out a way to manage it and make a profit out of it. So somehow there's going to be some negotiation where people are going to be like, okay, look, 
society is going to break down if we don't if we don't give people healthcare. So right. let's figure out a way to make, make money off of it. I'll say two things. It already has been adopted, even by disingenuous people like, say, Beto O'Rourke or Kamala Harris early on in her campaign. They said they supported it. And there and number two is there is still a way to make money because nobody's proposing like, oh, you know, we're going to actually appropriate all the hospitals they'll all be state-run hospitals nobody's taking that away nobody's taking doc private doctor's offices away there's still money to be made this it's not people act like this is some big like socialist move but it's, right i know it's i not. know no it, i know man it still i know in, yeah it still feeds into this capitalist system i mean insurers won't exist but that's it right right who cares Right. Yeah. Big fucking whoop. Yeah. Honestly, that's I know, you know, there's obviously people so opposed to government spending, though they won't want they don't want to spend a dime on like universal health care. But if you sit in, ask them in the next breath, do you hate your insurance company? Right. What would they say? Yeah. Good, good point. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. No, they they conservatives. Yeah. As yeah. conservatives. Yeah. As conservatives. Do you, do you like insurance companies? No, fuck those motherfuckers. Right. Well, okay. Insurance on Obamacare, but right. they still yeah. hate their insurance company. Right. So yeah, there's just obviously, yeah. But I, but I think, I mean, I mean, like I said, I mean, what do you think about my point in terms of comparing this to marijuana legalization? Because I think, I, I you know, I think it's a fairly good comparison. Like, Oh, I think it would happen. Yeah, it'll happen. It may even be a right wing precedent that does it. Right. To be honest. You well, have... even Tucker Carlson has come out and said, we're going to have to do some kind of universal basic income to stop uh, a populist uprising. The, yeah, there's Tucker that. Carlson said that Tucker Carlson literally gave a monologue about how there's going to be a populist uprising if we don't do some kind of socialist agenda. Yeah, the, that's the danger, though, you know is the, right. the nationalist picking up that line right right yeah that's, them appropriating that yeah that's why it needs that's why it's so important for a left-wing movement and a left-wing party and left-wing voices in public because once the right-wing people who are say against wars abroad because they want to bring them home or you know once they start proposing like health care and things like that well, what do you think about AOC, man? I mean, in terms of what? Like, what in terms of goals? being. A... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, in terms of being a a spokesman for a transitional stage of uh, of socialism. I mean, don't you think she has some political leverage that is that is worth assessing? I don't know that she has leverage necessarily but i think things she's proposing like the green new deal and like medicare for all i think i don't think it's necessarily going to be these people in federal government right now i think the real rising stars of like any type of working class movement are coming up in local elections in a lot of places i think that's the thing to watch i think the real left politicians aren't at the federal level because it's so corrupt once you get to that level that even if you are an ideologue, you're so restricted. So I think people starting out at like a lower level have much more promise. You know, AOC 
as much as she had experience like interning for Kennedy and everything, she was still, she jumped right into federal office. Yeah, but federal is where the change happens, man. But at the same time, at the same time, change happens at the state level too. My state is pay, is still paying out unemployment. Other states, even though they're closed down, they're not. Right. St- okay. There's, state. When you say local, I don't know what you're talking about. Local, but yeah. the same too, though. School yeah. boards. Okay, uh, we're not going to get fucking Medicare for all yeah. at the school. No, I don't want to dive into it, but I'm just saying this is where like the politicians who are like they're literally starting out connected to the causes that concern working people the most. And that's where they're starting their political experience from. I don't think the people who have just jumped, I think I like some of the people like in the squad or whatever. I like Omar uh, the most probably, mm-hmm. but um, I think that the real talent will keep coming from the bottom because I think as these socialist politicians you know, make changes in their communities or in their counties or in their states, you're going to see an advancement of, you know, they'll build these bases out and they'll go farther than they enter federal government. I think that, I think it's important that that leftists make sure we don't end up like the Green Party, you know, running a presidential candidate every four years and then jacking off until the next election. You know, it's going to be, I think it's going to be these people coming from a ground up level who start out with ideas for helping like their local community. And then that grows as their ambition grows. I don't know what you think of that, but sorry, that's a lot. (laughs) No, no. Well, well said a good ending, a good stopping point. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to do more. I'm going to, I need to piss. Give it one sec, just so there's some buffer time. And all right. All right. Well, I mean, we kind of discussed Biden there. Let's go into uh, what his buddy Obama has been doing, because a lot of people have obviously said a Biden term, a Biden presidency is a third term Obama presidency. But it right now, what's amazed me the most about Obama is he's apparently decided to go out and expose the liberal mindset for what it is starting with his comments about uh black voters that he made in an interview i think in the atlantic where he accused you know he said oh black voters who went for trump were obsessed with like bling and stuff like that which is insane you know that's imagine a republican saying that and what is the context of that really he was he was being asked why Trump managed to get 20% of the black vote, which is fairly large for a Republican president, obviously. Was that really the national average, 20%? Yeah, something like that. He did pretty well for a Republican. All right, I'll take your word for it. Um, Yeah. That that seems pretty high to me. If I'm wrong, I'll stick something in here with the real number. Right. But I swear he did better than they thought he would with – black african-americans black voters you know whatever whatever you want to call them i don't know and then there was also hispanics who went for trump um right surprising well this was this was actually fairly debunked by um juan gonzalez of democracy now actually 
discuss this in depth about this idea that uh, Hispanic Latina voters went more for Trump than in previous elections. And it's a complicated issue. And uh, it, 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 you know, you got to look at a lot of different factors and you got to look at where the votes are coming from in Florida. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Yeah. But that's what I think was different was like in the border states and stuff was where he got a higher turnout than they would expect for a Republican. I don't, obviously, yeah, yeah. like you said, Florida. That's I, I think the important part is that more Latinas turned out to vote than ever before by a wide margin. And the vast majority of them voted Democratic. If we want to focus on the demographics and communities that voted for Trump, we can. But I'm not sure that's an accurate representation of the Latina community. No, I don't. But the fact that the vote share is growing should be a problem for the Democrats. They should be. The Democrats. Well, they need to reach out better to those communities. Yeah, that's Absolutely. what I'm saying. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not crazy to think that more, you know, as trends go. And like I said, as people like Tucker say, you need things like a UBI. It's not crazy to think that, hey. Maybe more black voters go, you know, the, a lot of them are socially conservative, just like a lot of everyone here is socially conservative. You know what I mean? Mm. And if the Democrats have nothing to offer you, but like charter school coupons and driving Uber 14 hours a day, and then like being paid at night to have, you know, Facebook put a sleep monitor on your head. You know, like if that's the liberal ideal and like the conservative parties proposing something like, oh, UBI, you can lose more of these voters. Well, that, that's not that's not what's happening right now, though. Not right now. I, I know not right now. But my concern is the Democrats have promised nothing. Right. And and to me, it's it's um, but I mean, it's, this goes, it, let's go into our disagreements here. You know? <laughs> no, it's I mean, it's baffling. No, I mean, I don't know what disagreement we have here. I, I mean, I don't think we have disagreements on on the cataclysmic failure of the Democratic Party to represent leftist ideals. Um, I don't think we have a disagreement there. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't know that. I don't know. I, what we should, I don't know what we should do next. I mean, there's, there's never going to be a communist party that's going to control America, bro. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, is that what you're expecting to happen? Not in my lifetime, no. Yeah, no, no, not in any, not, I mean, yes, maybe, I mean, maybe in the future, but like uh, yeah, right now, no, dude, we, we have, we have 60, we have, uh, 30% of the country is so disillusioned they don't even vote. Um, another uh, uh, 70 million people are straight up endorsing a white nationalist. Yeah, if there's um, socialism here, it'll be multiple generations out. Yeah. And it will be when like a third of the country's underwater and California's right. finally in the ocean. Right. So we're talking, we're, we're, this is the, we're talking about the future here. Yeah. You know, when we talk about these things, it's important to recognize that we're talking about the future because we are so cataclysmically lost right now. It is not even funny. And as you said, there's no left, really. You know, the 
and I'll admit, like the Marxist movement uh, in the United States is very weak. It's all it's obviously very splintered, just like the right wing is. And you know, all the Nazis are very splintered. We do the same thing. And I'll admit that. You know, um, I'm sure some of the jokes yeah, I made have gotten me canceled already on this. Geez, show. That, but, that, but that that's a that's a grim comparison, dude. Because you're you're right on the issues. <sighs> But that's the thing. Uh, as opposed to right Nazis on. who are, are are like diametrically wrong on every issue, man. I mean, it's... But it's over other... I mean, the arguments on the left, for me, these are arguments about things that are just as terrible as what the Nazis want to do. Uh, when there's uh, a leftist party who wants to intervene in Syria... That's just that's as, not the same it, as is is Nazis. It dude. is. It no, is. it's not. When you're dropping thousands of bombs on a country, houses and killing thousands of That's not that's not that's not genocide, dude. That's war crimes. It's not okay, genocide. How about Yemen then? How about Yemen? A US backed blockade by the liberals and the conservatives. Dude. That's mur- they're murdering an it's entire mor- country. It's, it's murder. It's murder. It's mass murder, absolutely. It's not genocide though. So some no, that is a genocide. I don't care now, if genocide there's no is paper when you sp- to plan it out. Now genocide is when you purposely focus on a spe- specific ethnic group and, and eliminate them, man. That's that's literally the definition of genocide, dude. Yeah, the Yemenis. And the US is helping. There there's cholera outbreaks and no aid can get in. Come on. You but it's more but it's but it's not. a ge- it's it's a geopolitical strategy it's not it's not it's not about ethno it's not it's not the same as is is hitler like wiping out people because they're jewish or because they're you know gypsies i'm just dude it's i'm not okay, saying it's not bad man. dude come on can we can we at least agree to agree on this it, it it's bad i'm just saying it's I'm, simply not genocide man i'm saying that yes the nazis are terrible obviously i don't agree with anything they're they're, they're promoting i'm not on their side i know i, I didn't think i i wasn't confused on that no man. no i know you're not i'm just making this clear for anybody who if anyone has the soul to watch this far into this video but i want to say that the thing is when i have a splinter with somebody on the left it's over something that's just as vital maybe you don't feel it here but if I disagree with somebody on the left about, say, the existence of Israel, a state where that was illegally established by the imperial powers, millions thrown out into the diaspora all over, you know, from the Middle East to here, tossed out, and then the settlements in the, in the West Bank, the absolute blockade of Gaza and starvation of the Palestinian people and the persecution of Palestinians inside Israel, including laws that make it so it's clear that Jewish Israelis are above Palestinian yeah. Israelis. That yeah, I, I, is I would not- argue I would argue what Israelis are doing against Palestinians is a form of genocide. So if a leftist disagrees with me on that, that is just as much of a split for me as arguing with an actual fascist. I see them as the, these are equally brutal things. Yeah, but dude, you have you have you can't just say everything is genocide just because it's a war crime. There there are differentiations in war crimes. Okay. 
I won't say everything is genocide. I didn't call Syria a genocide. I called that a war crime. You actually did. I don't think I did. You sort of started to say that, but whatever. Yeah, that, I, that's that. You got worked up about me saying that it wasn't genocide, even though I admitted it was a war crime. I think okay. I said it. I said it's not genocide, but the effects of dropping tens of thousands of bombs equate yeah. to the same amount of casualties as if the Nazis got their way. What the U.S. does, and when leftists agree, is that with true? US though, how many? How many? I mean, look. I, I hate to sit here and count bodies, but I, I say I hate to sit here and count bodies. But I mean, how many? How many people have died? A lot of people have died, dude. Horrible war crimes. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. But how many people have died in the war on terror? Millions. Like, Okay, well, probably not, probably not six to 10 million, but I'm just saying, and, and, it's, it, and, it, and it happened over the course, just listen, it happened over the course of 20, 20 years and not just a few years. That's a different kind of slaughter. That's all I'm arguing, dude. I'm just saying, I don't think it's helpful to your cause or your argument to compare modern day war crimes to the Holocaust. I don't think that helps you. I'm not comparing it to the Holocaust. You literally did. I said that was the first thing you said. That was the literally the first thing you did. I don't know. <laughs> Look, I just We can we can move on. Yeah. I don't know. No, I don't fine. You have the war on terror. It took 20 years, right? But this thing this imperial machine has been raging for 200 years. It's gone all over the world and caused mass death. Sure. The, you want to rack up the bodies of capitalism. You know, the, and think of like the British Empire and things like uh, entities like that. The Spanish. Well, look, I agree with you, dude. And, and on, here's... Let, me just, let me just finish. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Think sorry, of sorry. these entities like that. The brutality that the British Empire did across the globe and Tar they did do genocides. They did target, you know, certain communities and countries they occupied. So the British Empire has done terrible crimes, including like the even the Irish famine, you know, was a lot of that was caused by Br the British government. So these things have been done by these countries, you know, these liberal democracies. And I just don't see any i don't see myself on even ground with somebody who will like defend these countries and these entities right to exist because i think what they have done whether it's not a genocide fine but that chaos right that's all i was that's all yeah, i was arguing dude fine but the chaos and bloodshed they've caused for the same anglo supremacy whether it was the us or the uk is just as bad as what the Nazis would like to do. The Nazis just want to bring the imperialism home. They want us to feel it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Jim, Jim, I was listening to a, I, I listened to, I, I told you this the other day, I listen to conservative radio when I drive uh, just because I want to piss Ooh. myself off. I get the Gorka show here for some reason. Like Lars Larson and just this random conservative people. And I was listening I think it was Lars Larson, but uh, 
I, I wanted so badly you to hear what he was saying because he went on a rampage and he was saying that leftism has caused more mass murder than, than any ideology. He was basically arguing that leftism has caused billions of murders in history. And, and so this is, this is an argument you commonly hear related to communism. Now, and, and you commonly hear people conflate uh, to now backtrack to what I was saying before about genocide. You hear people conflate uh, Nazi fascism and the murder it invoked to the deaths that, that fell under communism. Now- oh, The beautiful horseshoe. Right, and, and, and quite frankly, I would love to hear you, you talk about this because I don't believe that, but it's something I hear so frequently that it drives me fucking crazy, frankly. Um, what is the difference? I mean, I know that there is a difference, obviously, as the point I was just making, in economic mistakes that cause people to die, right? Right. But what is, what, what but, and, and, and straight up genocide. But for you, and I'm not, I'm not against you on this, I'm actually with you on this, but to someone who would argue that communism has caused just as many deaths as Nazism, what, what, what would you argue in response to that? Well, there's a lot of different examples people use so it depends on what you want to discuss i mean what you know let's talk about some well of like, the big, like 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 mal stalin mal, mal and stalin let's let's start with mal and stalin but yeah but let's like really break down some of like the big accusations against stalin right okay the famine in the ukraine you know that's obviously a big one that comes up a lot now and f as far as like the turning point usa victims of communism crowd but I mean, the famines that happen, you have to understand that Stalin was implementing a very radical system and of collectivizing farms. And I mean, you know, central planning can never be perfect. And obviously there's huge flaws with it, especially back then. But, um, and there's also a lot of influence that, you know, after the Russian revolution, there were Western backed saboteurs inside the country. There was money flowing to royalists and fascists and any type of, you know, anti-Soviet force they could get money to. Um, there was a lot of sabotage and there was a lot of, you know, misinformation. And there's a lot of misinformation about death tolls as far as I'm concerned too, but sure. that's a whole nother thing to get into. Yeah. And then another argument is say, uh, you know, uh, World War II, um, there was a lot, you know, the Stalinist purges, I'm going to brush right over because those, I, blown out of proportion, in my opinion, it, I don't think, it, I'm sorry, but the birth rate was going up between World War One and World War II. Stalin was not murdering millions of people. People did go to prison, generals did get arrested, you know, Former members of the party went to gulags. It happened. Yes, I'll admit that. But I also defend that, which we'll get into in a bit here. So that's no, no, let's get it. Let's get into it now. Like, well, how do you defend Stalinist like 
like what, what do you mean you defend it you what do you mean you defend gulags i mean i defend maybe we could talk about humane prison conditions today but sure. i defend okay, yeah. the purging of anti-revolutionary elements in a society okay um, yeah. I, I defend that idea as it is i because what you know we've talked about this before what's always bothered me about like the anarchist idea is well we just end this and the reactionaries live in this system with us now and right the capitalists live in this system now and the liberals live in this system with us. well that's now. why anarchism can never work right now right but the and and i mean if you want you know communism is supposed to be a transition that's what it even marx describes it as this is a transition that's to it. a stateless society but as long as the elements of reaction exist and that includes internally but think in the case of the soviet union the entire Cold War was based around the West targeting them in an, an, and attempting to topple the government. You have the whole industrialized world with their guns pointed at you. You have to take measures to make sure those elements don't infiltrate your country and don't or come at you from the outside. You have to do things like mass industrialization to make sure you can defend yourself and people will say well yeah people died in the gulags and like during world war ii when they moved the factories from southern russia up into the siberia to keep them out of the germans reach like a lot of people died in that time but you have to understand that the soviet union industrialized over such a short period you know between not even world war one really not until like the late 20s, early 30s, when the industrialization started and continued as they were being invaded by the Nazis. And yes, there was a lot of death in that, but look at how much was accomplished in that span of time. Now, if you look at American industrialization starting in like say the late 1800s until say the fall of the Soviet Union, I would say there was more deaths involved in that, especially with the global trading system we've set up than there was in like the mass rapid industrialization of the Soviet Union. And again, I feel the Soviet Union had to do those things because it was necessary. Like, as I said, when the whole world is pointing at you, you have to be ready. Right. No, I mean, and it's, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough issue to completely explain. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 an issue that persists. I mean, it's an argument that persists among the right. Yeah, um, yeah. The the right points to the fail to some of the failures of communist governments, and um, and uh, it, it's frustrating because we're living through the failures of the current capitalist. You nailed it. Systems, yeah. You nailed it. That's the thing. Here's what I want to say. At the same time, you know, I will all admit Mao made some errors in his policy that led to famines in China, you know. But at the same time, the British government did things like intentionally starve people in India and in Ireland, you know. 
that's not ever talked about. They're you know, the victims of capitalism. They don't get a memorial in Washington D.C. You know, um, it the death cause is typically higher by capitalism, in my opinion, in most cases, and it's done intentionally by the you know the chase of the profit motive, and we see it right now. Look at the response to COVID. Look at the the United States. Capitalist powerhouse. Look at the response to COVID nineteen. Right, and we the greatest about, the greatest country in the world has the highest deaths. Yeah, we talked about that on our last episode. Compared the U.S. to China in their response. Right. You know, as far as the planned economy, even if you won't admit China is communist or socialist or anything, the planned economy clearly stepped in and did what it had to do right which which in my opinion is the the purpose of a government yeah like what 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 we're going through right now is like that's what a government is for is to step in and manage this kind of shit absolutely and the fact that like this country didn't even have ppe reserves let alone reserves of like staple foods. Or oh, we didn't have shit because of Trump. We didn't have shit, and we we didn't even acknowledge that it was it was real. Even that, even beyond Trump, look at like you remember the videos of uh, dairy farmers pouring milk down the drain, right? And they were like, "Oh well, this is milk meant for like cafeterias and institutions, and like so they just have to dump it because those places are closed right now." It's like, dude, a planned economy would reroute those resources to the store where I was going to, where it says, hey, right. limit one milk per customer. Right. You don't right. dump it down the drain. Right. That's yeah. insanity. Well, so so what do you think about, like, as, as we move into the future, it's 2020, automation is increasing, artificial intelligence is, is, is increasing. I mean, do you think that, that, artificial intelligence and automation are going to ultimately inform a a better uh, socialist regime. I mean, look, it's all about man. Look, I talked to my dad about this. Just let me, let me finish this point real quick. I talked to my father about this. My father is, is 77. He fought in Vietnam. He's a, he's a liberal. He's pretty fucking practical. I fucking love him to death, but he basically told me one of the last times I talked to him recently, he said he thinks it's going to take a totalitarian eco regime to tackle some of these things, to force people to be sustainable. How else can you manage the world's resources with the way we have it right now? I don't know. I think it's a fairly good point. Um, well, where do you want me to start with AI? Wherever you want to, buddy. Well, I think AI um, can be a positive thing. Uh, I think well, it's of being, course AI is a positive well, thing, no, but no, how no, is it going to? Okay, yeah, sorry. China, as a planned economy, what makes them so much more successful than the Soviet Union? because they're so far, you know, they're, they've lasted into this like technological future. China has the benefits of running a planned economy with, you know, basically limitless technology, some of which is ahead of ours. 
And I see that as proof that these systems can be used for positive things. And an example under capitalism exists too, Walmart or Amazon. Look at Amazon's logistics system, which is primarily run on algorithms and artificial intelligence. Those systems exist. Now they exist to make a profit for Jeff Bezos or the Walton children or whatever, right? But those systems exist and they do operate very efficiently. You, I'll give them that. Now, the issue is they're privatized, but if you could make them more humane, better working conditions, less hours for people because of automation instead of more hours somehow, as it's worked out, you know, the more robots have gotten involved and AI has gotten involved, the more people have had to work in this system. But if you integrated those things in a different way, but then people wouldn't make the profits. Yeah, exactly. You have to take that away. There has to be a state to take it away. By the way, um, I'm, I'm salivating looking at your cigarette. Uh, yeah. Sorry. No, no, smoke your cigarette. Right. Smoke your cigarette. <laughs> Light it up. It keeps no, no, no. Up. I mean, the, the point, no, I, I, I would do anything to be smoking that cigarette right now. But um, anything, yeah. I don't necessarily agree, like, necessarily eco-authoritarian but no 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 no, i mean that was just that was that was like a a people conversation i had had with my father uh it it was it was it was basically as as, i don't think my father meant totalitarian i think he actually meant uh centralized centralized decision making that yeah Um, and that's going to be a huge part of it if you like appropriated things like amazon and like i said paid people fair wages gave them health care gave them shorter hours like that wouldn't be a hellish place to work <laughs> no you know you no just that's what it should be yeah, right I mean. off jeff bezos out of the equation right he doesn't need to be there and then all of a sudden there's money left to actually pay people fair wages and give them these benefits you know without bezos that's gone you know that whole profit motive and like the board and the investors and all that shit wipe it out and that's what, yeah, there does need to be a government to do that. There does need to be a government that does stuff like China, where in key industries are, you know, the state holds a 51% stake in these companies. Okay. And All right. So, so, so you're saying like, and this is where I, sometimes I get confused. You're saying people can still make a profit in communism. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Temporarily, it goes away. Trust me, we're not letting it fly forever. But I do believe in like uh, during, I think uh, one of the mistakes that Stalin made early on was rolling back um, the NEP, Lenin's new economic policy, which allowed for uh, like farmers and smaller artisans to continue to like sell in a market economy. So how do you think we're going to deal with with these with these private economy people, uh, property fascists, uh, what, 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 they're not going to go away, dude. I mean, how are you going to, how, how are you going to integrate them into a a communist system? You said, I'm going to integrate them. If they don't like it, they can go somewhere. Yeah. You don't have that control yet. So 
I'm, if uh, I had the control to like nationalize Amazon. Yeah, I don't want you to have that control yet. I, I, I want, I don't want any one person to have control. I want, basically I want people to figure out a way to uh, work together. And I think it's possible. I don't want, I, I don't think it's, I, I don't want to work with white nationalists. Get them the fuck out. Get, I don't get, get white nationalists the fuck out. But I think there is a, a role for people economically. I think there is a way for us to negotiate people who believe in private property and, and communism. I think there's a way. I think there's a way. There's got to be a way. Look, I think there's an argument to be made that if you start enacting these policies and they impact people's lives, you get more converts. There will always be holdouts, no matter what you do. That's what Obama said about his healthcare plan. He's yeah, but that was healthcare plan was just forcing you to buy private insurance. Fuck that. I'm yeah, but that was the about... bare minimum. That was the bare minimum of fucking. <laughs> Come on, dude. But look at things. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that was... I, that's garbage, though. Somebody's gonna have to do something Jim, bigger. Do you really think that socialism, socialism is gonna happen anytime? soon in in america no but as you argued yourself you said maybe medicare for all will right so but i'm saying look let me explain my point okay go ahead go ahead sorry sorry there's let's start with like fdr and the new deal incredibly popular i mean the the only four-term president right these social spending programs and yes part of it was the war later on but it started with new deal programs lbj the same thing with like um expanding medicare medicaid and the great society and social security and everything like that those programs even though they've been defunded and shot the shit by you know austerity governments those programs are still popular among the people who receive them if you believe medicare for all is a real possibility the more benefits like that you give to people and say you do abolish like billionaire owners of companies and all of a sudden the people working at those companies even reactionaries have higher wages and absolutely absolutely we should liquidate these billionaire companies there's yeah as you enact these things more people will be converted because the more you give people the more they understand that this is working for their benefit but what is that going to take right now it's going to take years and years more of fighting out in, I guess, in elections, unless this shit collapses. I don't know. But someone, but I think the more you adopt. So you so admit that say, we need elections. I mean, we're just stuck with them. For, I admit we're stuck right. with them. How else, how else is it going to happen, dude? I, I don't see any other way. Uh, labor militancy labor militancy what do you mean what what does that mean i mean okay so during the last government shutdown the government finally reopened in like a panic because flight attendants were threatening to go on strike and tsa workers weren't showing up to work and they were shutting down like a major channel for commerce in this country and that's valued above all else Commercial flights, you can fuck off, you know, you, you missed your flight and like, yeah, 
your fucking hundred ten dollars or whatever for your flight to like Albuquerque is mine. Fuck off, you know. But as far as like actual commerce goes, all of the 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 moment airports were threatened to be shut down, the federal government suddenly found a way to reopen. During Occupy out in California, when the the port of Oakland was closed, that caused mass panics among capitalist class. These are the things that you need. I mean, it should be terrifying now that there's like places in the South where people are trying to unionize. That's a bad sign for the billionaire class. But labor can't be restricted by the old unions. There has to be militant labor that's willing to organize on their own, whether it be in the workplace or in the community in general, and actually strike at the heart of the infrastructure yeah. that capitalism relies on. Okay, I totally agree with that, yeah. I didn't know what you meant by militant labor. I honestly didn't. It's just that the labor coalition, like AFL-CIO kind of type stuff, you know, they're never going to promote anything like that. That's not there. And like the IWW is kind of an anarchist goof-off organization, in my opinion. But when workplaces are organizing independently and stuff like that, that's a bad sign for the capitalists because that's going against the wishes of the owners. Usually the unions don't even want to get involved unless they see, you know, dues. But the fact that labor is going out on its own and striking out is a danger. Look at uh, the teachers unions in West Virginia who weren't even allowed to strike, you know, and they had no collective bargaining left. Uh, the school board literally tried to make them wear like, um, Fitbits to monitor their physical activity. And even though they had no collective bargaining and they weren't technically allowed to strike, they went out. And that's a that was a red state at the time. And even uh, last summer in Kentucky, the coal miners who were blocking the railroad tracks because they weren't being paid, these people, like those actions are what scares capital. You have to shut down right. the things they rely on. Right. And that's no, what, it's going to take more of that is the problem. We need more of that. And it Perfect. can't be it can't be White House protests or, you know, whatever. It has to be actual like militant actions. Yeah, I think that it's the labor militancy that is going to really scare capital. And then on top of that, I, I think, like I said, as you scare capital and put pressure on them, the more the more humane working conditions are made, the more policies that benefit everyone in this country, even people I don't like, you know, like Medicare for all. And there's people I personally don't like, but I don't care if they get Medicare for all. If you have those types of things and people see the benefits from them, I feel more people will integrate into uh, something resembling at least a a social democratic society, at least on par with Europe, you know, that's the best we could do in the next like 15 years, probably. Right. Well, that, that, then we're on the same page, man. That's, the thing that's is, what I think. Yeah. I think as you progress towards my ideal system, you know, I, there will be more people brought in, but there will always be forces that will not want to be integrated. I mean, even like uh, Jeff Bezos. He's going to lobby the hell out of any legislation that might cut down on his wealth. Imagine you go to the next step where, he, you know, you're about to take the wealth. What does he do? 
we don't know, you know, and I think there will be people who will defend capital, even small, you know, like petite bourgeoisie, small business owners, like those types of people who will defend capital over just a life of dignity because they have to have well, you because know, they accumulators, they they don't view they they don't think that that money is going to be uh, repossessed for anything good. That's the problem with yeah, our our it, modern government is that people don't view taxation as benefiting anything other than the military industrial complex. And that's why. So it's, so until we can do anything different from that, yes, there's absolutely not going to be any private buy-in to uh you know wealth accumulation by the state from private enterprise it's simply not going to happen that's why it's going to take under this like i said militant labor and then also you're going to have to you will have to organize people to vote unfortunately you know that's just the reality of it you'll have to organize people around these issues because that's the only way you're going to you know you have to build up enough force to take these things on and that's why that's the importance also of like this our version of democracy sucks between gerrymandering voter suppression and just the electoral college and all this shit our whole system is like you know if you try and explain it to somebody from another country it sucks well i'm happy to hear that you're 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 not willing to just imprison and re-educate uh, conservatives I because I don't quite yet. Yeah. Well, but that's, that's what you were essentially arguing in our interview with one of our previous guests. I can't remember which, but you were essentially arguing that a militant reeducation of, of dissidents is, is warranted. Now, when you get to the point where you have a legitimate workers democracy or something resembling that, and you have these social programs and you have an end to like wealth hoarders, those who refuse to give in, those who still hold out and maybe, you know, they're these private mercs or maybe they're just people who really love the idea of capitalism because they're so brainwashed by it, they'll still exist. And yeah, people who and want I, to destroy I think they project, should. Yeah. I don't. Well, I think they should exist. I think they should just go away for a while and figure it out. I think they'll be naturally. I think if the system works well enough, they'll be naturally phased out into oblivion. There will always be some of them, and especially no, it, it, it won't. If the system works well enough, it won't matter. Yeah. It's, Until it's, the system yeah, works well not, enough, if people are producing people. things that are better that actually help people, it's never going to work. And you cannot, I, I do not agree ever with any kind of totalitarian thing, which is there why I, I, just, I just don't agree with forcing people to do something. There will be people who hold on to ethnic identities, religious identities. Um, well, let me these- restate that. You should have to wear a mask. Wear a mask, you fucking dumbass bitches. But listen to me. Like, yeah. an actual literal fascist, no matter how good you make his life, no matter how much health care you give him, right? he's still living in a diverse society. He's not happy. 
he lives in a multicultural country. I'm right. sorry. He there's still feels element, oppressed. There's yeah. an element that needs to be removed because all he's going to do in society is try to sabotage it. Well, I'm not saying okay, so, no, no, here, no, 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 and 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 that's a very good point. Here's my argument to that. I think, I think only time is going to flush that kind of mentality out of the bloodline, and I think in the meantime. If you if you weaponize that, if you punish that, it creates a weaponized blowback against it, and so you 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 end up creating more more of them. The more you you punish one person who goes down, he goes down, he goes down screaming to his friends, and you create more of them. I think that's what ends up happening. I'd argue differently. I'd say that there, if you can look at the examples of. Ukraine, where the fascist nationalist movement, the Nazi collaborators and the Banderites were put down during the Soviet Union, but then suddenly reappeared as these color revolutions happened. Um, and then you have places like, you know, you had, you had Ukraine and then you had Poland, which is now a right wing reactionary government after the fall of the Soviet Union a complete like borderline fascist state. East Germany is the base of the AFD, which is the far right party in Germany. Under the socialist East Germany, these people were guaranteed healthcare. They were guaranteed education through every level. They were guaranteed, um, they were guaranteed, you know, housing and everything like that. But people were still monitored by the police, the Stasi, who, you know, I, I know that's like saying, you know, God's real name or something like that when you bring them up. But people were still monitored for their counter-revolutionary activities. And there were still elements, it, especially, you know, coming from the outside or influenced by the outside, by, by the Western nations, there were elements inside these places that were trying to destroy them or people still attached to things like the Nazi ideology, especially in the case of East Germany. Now, when the Soviet Union went away, all of a sudden there's a right-wing party with a massive base in East Germany. They have never really fully integrated back into the country. They've never, they don't have the guaranteed job security they had under the, you know, the socialist East Germany those things are gone. And I think that's, like I said earlier, that's the danger of the right wing picking them up. But those, even with all of those things, there were still elements in that society who held on to things like nationalism and they have survived and they have reemerged. You know, they, they go underground, but those ideologies carry on for a long time and they carry on through generations. And it's, there will be generations of children now who believe that uh, most of the government is full of demonic pedophiles. These things carry on. And at some point, you, in my opinion, you have to remove some things. I think that's a, the, we can probably wrap there, but I think that gives you the gist of my opinion. Right. So yeah. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's a <laughs> it's a it's it's an argument that uh yeah, no, I think I think uh I'm going to have to think about that one. 
Yeah, I, 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 I I'm gonna I, I'm gonna have to revisit that one because I think I think you're making I think you're making a solid argument, and I actually might agree with you. Um, Trust me, man. I know it's a tough sell. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, no, but I I might agree with you at this point uh, was, because because of because of groups like QAnon and their ultimate sell, which is basically like they've shown what they want to do. They're a cult. They're a cult, but they've shown what they want to do with power. Right. They've shown that they would be a fascist. They yeah. would execute yes, people. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, they would, like yeah, they would love to like. They'd take they take you. You live they in would Portland, be the you're they, a leftist. You're they would be the worst case example of what uh, of you just presented a I think a comprehensive argument for how to deal with dissension. What the QAnon people are essentially arguing is that you, you should be immediately rounded up into Gitmo and executed. My argument is they're going to do something to us if we let right. them stay. Right. That's, right. That it boils down to that. If we let I, them stay it, it, it's honestly and and they fantasize. A, it's it's about a great place to us. end this conversation yeah. because I don't have an answer to that right now because yeah. I don't think you're wrong. I you, don't think you're wrong. You should think on it because just remember they fantasize about what yeah. they do to us. Oh no 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 that's how they they they, they've shown what they want to do absolutely yeah that's why i believe what i believe and i think what i what i think is necessary and i don't think all the examples in the past are perfect and i won't defend every single thing sure i will say that there is some necessity behind the things that i believe in my opinion so yeah man this was a great chat well said, buddy. Yeah, yeah, good talking to you, man. Go subscribe to the Left is Dead podcast. And we will have an episode out shortly here, you know, in the next couple of days, hopefully. Yeah. We'll talk if, this if, if you if you've listened this far, thank yeah. you. If you made thank it, you, you're a champion. Thank you yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah, thank and, you. And uh God God bless you, even though I don't believe in God, but you know, whatever. God bless you. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys. I am gay. And I voted for Obama I am a shill For the Clinton campaign and the left-wing mainstream press I'm a pussy who gets fucked right up the ass I am a cock I am a leader Blacks to live amongst us And Arabs to have equal rights I have no love of country White folks are all bad But when the alt-right folks attack me It makes me sad I am a cut I am a lady